Well, hey, you guys, welcome to the Connection Point Worldview podcast. We're back for an, another episode, as always, with Dr. Zach Breitenbach and Pastor Trey Shigley. Uh, they head up our worldview department here at Connection Point Christian Church in central Indiana. And this is a podcast that helps parents and guardians go deeper into places that their students have already gone. So, uh, guys, you've been making your way through this worldview and truth series for the middle schoolers right now. And, uh, the first week of the series defined truth and covered how we can know that there is such a thing as truth. Then in the second week of the series, uh, you explained what a worldview is, how it's foundational to our lives. So tell us your topic for, topic for the, the third week, guys, and then how you built upon those first two weeks. Yeah, so this week we talked about uh, truth again, and especially in terms of tolerance. So we wanted to lay the foundation in the first week by talking about what truth is, because uh, if there is no such thing as truth, uh, then it doesn't make sense to talk about worldview beliefs and whether they're true and different worldviews. Uh, so we laid that foundation, then we defined a worldview, and now we're talking about what happens when you interact with people of different worldviews, people that don't believe like you. Can you stand up for what you think is true and uh, be tolerant hmm. uh, at the same time. So in this lesson, we did a quick recap of truth and how we know it exists from the first week. And then we talked about, can all religions and worldviews be true? Uh, what does it mean to be tolerant? What is, we talk a lot about tolerance in our culture, and it's a good thing to be tolerant. But what does that even mean? And can I be tolerant and be a Christian? Can I stand up for what I think is truth as a Christian and be tolerant at the same time? Hmm. That's that's great. Thanks, Zach. So, um, Trey, what, what's the problem with the claim that all religions are true? Yeah, you might hear people say things like, well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. Just you need to believe something and follow it with all your heart. And, uh, you know, you'll all end up in the same place. And. Uh, you know, all religions are really teaching the same thing. At the, at the core, they're all talking about loving others, doing to others as they, as you want done to yourself, the golden rule, things like that. But the problem with the claim that all religions are true is that it's impossible. The, religions are making opposite claims often, and two opposite things cannot be true at the same time. Um, it, it just is not uh, possible. And so an example of that would be in Christianity, Jesus is God. And this isn't just a like uh, thing that's not essential to Christianity or maybe like a side thing we believe. This is like the core of Christianity. Jesus is God. While, while like in Islam, Jesus is not God. And they are very um, firm on that as well. And so Jesus can't be God and not God at the same time. Um, and so things like that, or, or things like in Christianity, God is a trinity. He, he exists as one God and three persons, the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. In Islam, there is no trinity. God is just one, and that's very important to them. And then in Buddhism, there's no personal God at all. And if you expand it to just worldviews in general, like atheism, there is no God. There can't be you know, a trinity, one God, no personal God, and no God at all, all at the same time. That's physically and logically not possible. And so the claim that all religions are true is, is this nice idea, but when you think about it, it's just not, um, not possible. Yeah, that, that, that makes sense. So then you discuss the difference between viewing religious truth as a supermarket rather than an antidote. So Zach, you want to tell us about that? 
Yeah, so the idea here is that some people see religion or religious truth is, is a lot like a supermarket where you just go down the aisle and you pick out whatever you want. So it doesn't really matter what you pick. You just pick whatever you like, whatever you prefer, whatever works for you. Uh, there's all these different options, even for just cereal, uh, right? You can pick so many different brands, uh, mix and match. You can take one cereal and mix it with another. Do whatever you want, and, and it's all fine. But an antidote is more the idea that there's only one thing that will work. Uh, say you drank some poison and there's an antidote that will keep you from dying from that poison. You can't just uh, drink Kool-Aid or lemonade or water <laughs> or whatever you feel like. Uh, you got to have the antidote or you're going to die. Uh, there's one thing that will save you. So some people will say that... Um, religious truth is more like that. We looked at the example of uh, Steve Harvey is a, is a very well-known uh, person, the host of Family Feud. Uh, we played a little clip uh, of, of him talking about how he sees religion as like the supermarket where he says, you know, there's, there's, there's so many different ways for things to work in life in general, and why should it not be the same thing for, for religion? You know, it's, it's hard to imagine that there's only like one way that will get you to God or salvation or, or heaven. Uh, so there's got to be many different paths that are all uh, equally good. But of course, if Christianity is true, then Jesus is the antidote. It's not like that, right? If Christianity is true, it's not a supermarket. It's more like the antidote. And other world religions also make uh, exclusive truth mm -hmm. claims, right? It's It's uh, the vast, I mean, the vast majority of people in the world who accept the major world religions are what we would call exclusivists. They think there is one exclusive way to God, um, and someone like Harvey that has more of a pluralist idea that this says there's many ways to God. They're actually in the minority, and they're you know they're disagreeing with the people who say there's there's only one way, which is the majority of of the world. Hmm. So. Um, guys, can we move into some discussion then on, on tolerance? Now, some people will say that you're intolerant unless you agree with another person and affirm their beliefs and actions. So how would you respond to that? What's, what's a proper definition maybe of tolerance to start, Trey? Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I think the desire for tolerance is a good one because we see as humans, we have conflict all the time, whether it's across the world or in politics, or in our own families, or sports teams. We are always in conflict with each other. And so this desire for tolerance, to get along with other people, is a good desire and a needed desire. Um, but there's often disagreement on what does tolerance mean. And so tolerance simply is this. It's being respectful while disagreeing. Because if you're agreeing with someone else, there's nothing to tolerate. You have to have disagreement in order to tolerate. And so mm -hmm. to tolerating um, and being tolerant is simply saying, hey, you and I might do things differently or we might believe different things, but we're still going to treat each other with respect, with love, and you're allowed to think and believe whatever you want to, uh, but I don't have to agree with you. In, in fact, I disagree, but I'm still going to treat you um, with respect. And so that's that's just the, I think, proper definition of tolerance that sometimes our culture gets mixed up. Yeah, that's really, I feel like that's happened not just in my lifetime, but even in the last five to 10 years where tolerance equals 
affirm uh, their belief entirely or their way of life or whatever it is. Um, so how can a Christian then be tolerant and still believe that Jesus is the only path to salvation? Yeah, I think we need to resist the mindset that, you know, like Trey was just saying, that you have to agree with people in order to be respectful and tolerant. Uh, We're called to speak the truth in love as Christians, and you can do that. There is a way to do that, Um, and we're called to do that in the Bible. Um, A a great passage uh, that I would refer you to is 1 Peter 3, 15-16, one of my favorite passages, uh, because it talks about uh, the word where we get apologetics uh, in it. But here's what it says. It says, But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a reasoned defense. Uh, That's the word where we get apologetics, apologia in the Greek. Always be ready to make an apologia, a reason defense, to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who attack your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. So we want to make a defense for the truth of Christianity. We don't want to uh, water down the truth or not stand for the truth, and we want to defend the truth. But it tells us how to do that. It says, do it with gentleness and respect, keeping a good conscience so that nobody can speak badly of, of your behavior in Christ. And, and I think that's really what tolerance is, and that's how we can be tolerant as Christians. We stand up for the truth, but we, we, we don't do it in an arrogant way. We don't do it in a belittling way. We do it in a very gentle and respectful way. Um, and so that's that's a way to be both tolerant and uh, standing for the truth of Christianity. That's cool because it, it really goes back to Jesus. If we really believe Jesus is the antidote and this isn't just a supermarket, then when we're engaging with people, it's not just to be right or fight yeah. to defend. Our hope is that they would receive what truth there is and receive the antidote. And if it's gently and humbly graciously delivered, the chances are probably better. That's a very good point, because that is the goal. Uh, And when we talked about our series on being an ambassador uh, a few weeks back, that's the point of being an ambassador. It's not to win an argument or to prove someone that you're right and beat them down with your evidence. Uh, That's that's not going to help. The ultimate goal is to draw that person to Christ. And uh, you do that not just by having good arguments and, and showing them you're right, but also by the gentleness and respect. Um, that, that sometimes goes even further than the evidence in, in drawing somebody to, to Christ. That's great. Well, to wrap things up, um, Trey, maybe you could answer this. What, what motivation does a Christian have then to witness? Yeah, witnessing uh, is something that's actually becoming more and more unpopular in in recent studies of um, Christian teenagers. More and more of them, 30 to 40 percent, say that they think it's actually wrong to witness to their friends, to their unbelieving friends. Um, And I think that just comes from an incorrect view of uh, Christianity and, and what witnessing is. And uh, we, we showed a video of, of Pendulette, the, the magician, mm-hmm. the fool Penn and Teller, and um, he, he's, he's awesome. But he has this clip where he's an atheist, but he was 
sharing how someone came up and witnessed to him, and he was so appreciative of it. And um, as he points out, and I think this is great for all of us to remember, if we really believe that there, uh, that that Jesus is who he says he is, that he really is the way, the truth, the life, that no one comes to the Father except through him, that he is the salvation um, uh, for people, then we should want everyone to know him. And if there really is a heaven and a hell, if, there, if we really are caught in our sins and um, you know slaves to, to sin and death, we should want people out of love to know Jesus and to uh, believe on him and to put their trust in him. And so uh, a, a quote he says is, how much do you have to hate somebody <laughs> to not witness to them? Yeah. You know, and, and so even though he as an atheist doesn't believe in Christianity, he appreciates when people witness to him because it means that they care for him. Mm-hmm. They really believe their religion and they care enough for him to maybe risk an awkward uh, conversation. Mm-hmm. And uh, what we would encourage is, it may be an awkward conversation when you're talking to someone about your faith because uh, like we have talked about, if you're claiming that one way is true and right, it's kind of saying other ways aren't right and true and that's risky. But if we really believe Christianity is true, then out of love of the people we encounter, we want to share Christ with them um, because we want them to have that salvation and that love and that relationship with God. So uh, that's kind of the, the motivation to witnessing is that uh, Jesus gave up his life for us so that we ought to give up our lives um, to bring others to him. So that's kind of uh, what we ended on this past week. Well, that ding means that you gave the correct answer. So <laughs> <laughs> you win the prize today. No, but honestly, you guys, um, that is that's really, really helpful. And uh, I, I think these middle schoolers are blessed. And uh, I know we as parents are as well. We've got one more in this series to come. And so we'll be back with more uh, from Zach and Trey here before you know it. If you've got questions about Connection Point Church, then you can go to cp.church. It's a good place to start, get some questions answered, learn more about the Worldview program, or get a hold of us. So God bless you.